Well, hey, if you have a Bible with you, open up to the book of Deuteronomy for the last time. Uh, I'll be saying that this year. Open up to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30. We will be concluding our series called Dwell. So we have been looking over the last several months since September through the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We've been looking at the incredible journey of the Israelites, God's people, the ancient Israelites, moving from Mount Sinai to the very brink of the promised land, Canaan. And so we are excited today to conclude uh, this series and really see uh, hopefully somewhat of a culmination of this, but I think you'll see also by the end that it's a little bit of a cliffhanger because the Bible story continues, right? It continues on, and so we'll see how that all wraps up today. But before we dig into that, let's pray and let's ask Jesus to bless his word and help us as we uh, seek to listen and understand his truth today. So would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we love you, and we thank you that we get to worship you today. We thank you that we get to open up the Word of God and see your truth for us. Lord, I pray that you would speak deep into our hearts and change who we are. Lord, help us to see your truth today. Help us to see who you are and who we are in light of that, Lord. Let us respond accordingly and appropriately to your grace and to your mercy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, sometimes when faced with two different options, there's just an obvious choice. There's just a no-brainer, right? So when given the choice between Coke and Pepsi, right? Say it out loud. No, Coke, right? It's, it's a no-brainer. There's no, there's no option, right? Uh, when given the choice between a real Christmas tree or a fake one, the real one, thank you, yes. You I need to smell it. I want to smell Christmas every day when I wake up, right? When given the choice between owning a dog or a cat, yeah, neither, right, that's right. Uh, yeah, my, my poor kids, uh, they may have mentioned something about a dog for Christmas and we had to divert the conversation in another direction, but uh, yeah, I prefer low-maintenance pets, maybe like a goldfish or something like that. But now listen, I know, I know these are not good examples because they're just matters of opinion, right? These are just matters of preference. Well, many times in life, there's going to be two options in front of you. And the truth is, at the end of the day, probably doesn't matter which one you go with. But there are some options. There are some choices that we have in life that matter greatly. And what Moses had to say as he's concluding essentially what is his last sermon, his last speech to the nation of Israel in these ancient times, as he's concluding this, he is laying before them two options. They have a choice to make. And it's not a matter of preference. It's not a matter of opinion. Moses is speaking to the people and he is essentially telling them, maybe even warning them, that if they do not choose the right path on this journey, as God is leading them into the land that he promised to give Abraham, their forefather, if they do not follow the Lord with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength, things will not go well. So nearing the end of his life, Moses presents Israel with a real choice. It's a no-brainer. It's an obvious choice. It's obvious what the right choice is, but... Will the people of Israel make the right choice? Well, let's look. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 through 20. Here's what Moses has to say 
wrapping up his time on earth, speaking to his people, he says, For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, well, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. All right, so let's stop right there. So so Moses is telling the people, listen, throughout these 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, he says, God's word to you has been near you and it has been clear, right? It hasn't been confusing. God has been very clear with you about his expectations and, and what it looks like to love him, what it looks like to worship him, what it looks like to give all of yourself to him. God has been clear, Moses says. He's not distant He's not far off that we have to send someone to go find him or or deliver a message to us. No. What have we seen throughout this whole series? God dwells among his people. Now, specifically, at this point in history, God dwelt among the ancient Israelites in this structure called the tabernacle, right? And we've spent uh, lengthy time in this series discussing that and what that looks like. But what Moses wants to make clear as his, in his final speech here is his word, God's word, is clear, it's accessible, and you can obey it. You can. God has not set his people up for failure. God has set them up for success. All right, let's keep reading. Verse 15. Moses says, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. But Moses is clear, right? Stop right there. Moses is clear. They must choose. So he's saying there's two options before you here. So you have a choice to make. You can either choose life and what is good for you or essentially your own death and what is evil. So he's very clear they must choose to obey the Lord. They must choose the joyful life of blessing that comes from following him. All right, let's keep going. Verse 16. He says, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if if your heart turns away and you will not hear but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. All right, so he's saying each Israelite must decide for themselves, right? Am I going to follow the Lord and love him and obey his commands? Or am I going to let my heart be led astray by the false gods of Canaan, right? That's the land, the the nation that they were moving into, So Moses is very clear again, the choice is yours. One choice leads to life and blessing. One leads to destruction and ultimately death. Verse 19, we'll read uh, to the end here, to verse 20. So Moses says, he says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, 
loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. You see, the choice for Israel was clear. And it should have been very obvious to them, choose life in the Lord, right? That's, that's the option they should choose here. They can choose life by following the Lord and loving him and obeying his commands, or ultimately they can choose their own death, what will lead to their own death, by chasing the false gods of this new nation that they're moving into. So why, why would you let your heart be led astray by the false idols of Canaan? Moses is essentially saying, right? They're not real. The false gods that are there in this nation we're, we're moving into, they're just things made by human hands. And they're going to be all around you. So don't give yourself to them. If you do give yourself to them, it will be your destruction. So it's a no-brainer, Moses says. Choose life. Choose life in the Lord. And choose it today. But we have a choice too. As Christians living in the 21st century, the circumstances are very different for us, of course. The context is extremely different. But I think there's something here. I think there's absolutely something here in God's word, even though this is many, many years ago in the Old Testament that speaks to our hearts today. The circumstances are very different for those of us who belong to God today. But as we've seen the last couple of weeks, one of the major themes of Deuteronomy is that God's people must give themselves fully to the Lord, fully. In other words, we must love him with all of who we are, right? All of our being, by being obedient to his commands, it is a full surrender to God. So there's not some part of our lives where we're trying to keep it for us, right? Hold it back. Well, I'm not really going to be obedient in this part of my life. Or I'm not really going to give this to over to the Lord. I'm going to hold on to the control here. I'm going to hold on to my sinful patterns of, of selfishness and, and whatever here, right? No. Moses, throughout the whole book of Deuteronomy, is saying, if you belong to God, you have to give yourself fully to God. There's really no other option. To love the Lord, to obey the Lord, it's really a daily choice that we must make. Today, as Christians, today, it's a daily choice that we must make to really take our faith seriously and to follow Jesus, to love him. It's a resolve we must have to love him and obey him no matter the cost no matter the circumstance that comes our way. And so the main point I think we can see today that applies to our context is we must choose daily to walk with Jesus and obey his word. We must choose every single day. We must wake up and think, you know what? I belong to the Lord. I know that I've repented of my sin. I've trusted Jesus Christ to be my savior, right? Just like we celebrated Addie's baptism, right? We can say that. We say, you know what, I, I know that I belong to the Lord always and forever. Nothing can change that. But I have to choose today to really live that out. I have to choose today to be who I really am, to live in the identity that I know that I have, a child of God, a follower of Jesus, eternally secure in his arms. I have to choose today to do things that bring honor to him, that bring glory to him. And so I think the first thing, there's really three things about that statement that I want us to, to break down today. 
We must choose daily, right, to actually walk with Jesus and obey his word. But the first thing about that is it's possible. (laughs) This is not impossible, right? We may ask the question sometimes in our lives, is it really possible for God's people to walk with him, to obey him? Like we struggle with this. We, We feel like we don't do this well. Is this really possible? I mean, Moses thought so. He thought so for the Israelites. Look what he said in verse 11 again. He says, for this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. So Moses is saying, listen, it's possible for you to actually live in obedience to God. It's not too hard for you. In other words, he's not saying, by the way, that doesn't mean that it's easy. He's not saying that obedience is easy. Obedience is actually very difficult. When, you, when the whole rest of the world is, is going in the opposite direction and you start going against the flow in obedience to what God has commanded, yeah, that's not going to be easy. But what he means here is that it's clear. God's word is absolutely clear. And in some ways, it's simple. And what that means is that God has been clear with us about the expectations he has of us. But the reason it's possible for us today is because of our salvation in Christ Jesus. Now, look at verse 14. Notice what Moses said. He said, the word is very near you. The word is very near you. Now today, today we can hear the word and obey it because we have a significant advantage over ancient Israel, right? In other words, we know something now that they did not know then. So we do have an advantage here. John chapter one, he speaks of this advantage we have the great blessing we have that they didn't have then. They were looking forward to this, but it hadn't happened yet. And the Word, notice what it says, John 1, 14, and the Word, capital W, capital W, personified, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That Word, John says, is Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Son of God, became one of us. He became one of us. He came to earth to become one of us. That's exactly what we're celebrating in this Christmas season. The birth, right? The human birth of the Son of God. He is fully God and fully man. He is both. And so we know that God became one of us. Jesus Christ, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see, as we've been seeing throughout this series, right? The word God, right? God came down to dwell among the Israelites, but there was limited access. He was still in a tent. He was in a tent behind a curtain and only the high priest could even go behind that curtain and into his presence. And even then only once a year. And even then only by making blood sacrifices to atone for their sin. But when Jesus comes down and dwells among us, what does he do? He becomes the final sacrifice himself. He tears the curtain in half so that we have full access. All who believe in his name have full access to the presence of God. So when Moses says, the word is very near you, we read that today on this side of the cross and we say, yes, yes, he is. He is very near us. God's word became flesh. Jesus Christ, he is near us. More than that, more than that, his spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit of God is the blessing and the gift of God to us as we follow Christ. He empowers us to obey God's word. So yes, is it possible for us to live in obedience to God's will for our lives? Yes, it is. It is absolutely possible. Why? Number one, because of salvation. 
and what Christ has done. Number two, because of how clear, how clear God has been with us about these instructions, about this history, about what has happened. God has made his word clear in the Bible, the books that we have today. He has made his word clear and accessible for us. Now think about that. Like, how cool is that, right? I mean, it's, that's something to really ponder. We don't have to go searching to, you know, for some kind of fortune teller to tell us what's actual reality and what's really going on in the world. We don't have to consult the stars and look up and see, right, and try to figure out what we should do with our lives. All we have to do is listen to the word of God that God himself has chosen to give us. The creator of the universe said, you know what? I'm going to not leave my creation hanging without any knowledge of who I am. I want to know them. I want them to know me. And so I'm going to reveal myself to them. And I'm actually going to give them language so they can speak and so they can read. And I'm going to give my truth to them in written form so that they can read in their language what I have to say to them. Do you understand how cool that is? Like, do you understand how gracious that is for God to actually give us his clear truth? And that's why we love the Bible here at Kernan, because we believe that that's the kind of God we serve, the one true God who has revealed himself and wants to be known. And so, of course, he's made a way for us to know him. Of course, he has provided this way over the centuries to preserve this ancient text that is full of his word, his truth. God is gracious to us. Is it possible? Is it possible to choose daily to love the Lord, to obey his commands? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think that choice is clear. It's absolutely possible because God has been so good to us through Jesus Christ, dying for our sin, raising from the grave, doing everything that we could never do ourselves and giving us his spirit and giving us his clear truth in written form. It's possible. It's more than possible. But, kind of felt that one coming, didn't you? But, number two, here's the second thing about this. Yes, we have to choose daily to follow the Lord, to love him, to obey his word. But you know what we do? We make it complicated. We make it way more difficult than it ever should have been. Have you ever made something more difficult than it needed to be? Listen, I did this a couple of years ago, learned it the hard way. I, our neighborhood has a Christmas light contest. You see where this is going, right? You've seen the movie Christmas Vacation, right? Clark Griswold, I am him in the making, okay? And uh, so I think, oh, I'm gonna try to win the Christmas light contest. So I've tried three years in a row now, haven't even gotten third place yet. I'm looking forward though to next year, okay? It's, it's gonna be better. But here's the thing, the first year I tried this, <laughs> First year I tried this, uh, I'm like, okay, let's hang lights on the gutters, right? So we have the gutters wrapping around the house. So I go get my ladder. I go to Lowe's. I buy a bunch of Christmas lights, all right? I get up there on the ladder, and I start hanging lights. You know, I'm just so excited. I'm so happy to hang all these Christmas lights. And I start on this end of the house, way over on this end of the house, not even considering or thinking about where the actual plug is, right? Yeah? So I start hanging the lights, you know, with that end of the plug on that side of the house and I get all the way down. I mean, it took me forever. I get all the way down to the other side of the house where the plug is and I go to plug it in and what do I see? No! <laughs> I started with the wrong end of the plug. <laughs> what did I have to do? I had to take every single light bulb down after putting every single light bulb attached to the gutter and start all over again. I made this way harder than it needed to be. That is exactly what we do. 
in our spiritual lives. We start on the wrong end of things. We think we know better. We don't take the time to look and think, hey, where is this actually going? What will this decision actually cost me? We complicate things and we make things so harder than they need to be in our daily walk with Jesus. God has set us up for success, but we make things so difficult sometimes. We complicate things for ourselves spiritually, emotionally, relationally, socially. (laughs) We complicate things by giving our hearts to other things besides the Lord himself. That's essentially the root of it. The root of it is that we think we know a better way or we think there's something out there that will make us happy besides the Lord and so we chase these things. We give ourselves fully to them and not to the Lord. But look at, this is exactly what Moses was warning them about. Look at verse 17 and 18 again. He says, but if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but you are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. So Moses is being very clear. He's saying, listen, if you give your heart to something else, and it may not necessarily be a bad thing, if you give your heart, though, completely to something else or someone else besides the Lord, in the end, it's not leading to peace and happiness. In the end, it's not leading to comfort and joy. In the end, it's leading to death and destruction. You see, we are inclined We are inclined to choose death and destruction for ourselves. Now, you don't think that. I don't think that in the moment, right? In the moment, it looks nice. In the moment, I think this will satisfy me. In the moment, we never see it for what it really is. And that's really the tricky thing about sin. That is the tricky part about sin and the way that our minds comprehend it and think about it and approach it. It's always promising us a better circumstance ahead. It always promises to give you some kind of extra boost or happiness or life and peace in your your heart. It never delivers. It never ultimately delivers. Whatever it is that you struggle with, whatever that sinful temptation is that you occasionally give yourself to, it never delivers. It overpromises, always underdelivers. It always does. Everything in this world, everything in this world could kind of fit into that category And because everything in this world will disappoint us at some point. There's nothing, and I mean it, there is nothing in this world that will ultimately satisfy your longing for peace and joy and comfort and happiness in your heart. Nothing. Yet what do we do? We hand over our hearts. We hand over our thoughts, our minds. We hand over our fears, our anxieties. We hand over all of who we are fully to things in this created world, hoping that we can squeeze some kind of life out of it, some kind of happiness, some kind of security. So what do we do? I mean, just some random kind of examples, right? We, we throw ourselves at our possessions. It's a hard time of year to talk about that. This year's Times of year, this time of year is all about, you know, getting the stuff. Like that's, we say it's about giving, but we all have that list of things we want too, right? And so our possessions, we just throw ourselves at it and say, make me something better. Make my image better. Make me more popular. Make me more respected. What about our relationships? Same thing. Our careers, our education. And listen, let me be clear. Did you notice that those are not bad things? Like those are not inherently evil things in and of themselves but we can't make them life-giving things. 
It's when we turn to the good things in this world and essentially elevate them above God and think, I must have this or I will not be happy or I need this or I feel that I can't even live. If you fill in the blank there with anything besides the Lord Jesus Christ, besides your Savior, if you fill in that blank, I need this or I can't live without blank, then you have created a little tiny God in your heart. And essentially, you are worshiping it. You are worshiping it with your money. You are worshiping it with your time. You are worshiping it with your emotion. Moses is warning the people, don't do it. Don't let your heart be led astray. Proverbs 14, 12 says it this way, there is a way that seems right. Like At first, it seems right. It seems good. This will be okay. This is not going to harm me. It's not going to harm anybody else. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. But the only way, and the only way for us to really live, and I mean really live, like live in the freedom that you long for, live in the liberty that you long for, live in the joy that you long for, the only way to experience that at at the deepest level of your heart is to not give yourself to something else and try to squeeze the life out of it, but to give yourself to the one who gave his life for you. That is it. That is how God designed your heart to operate. But we complicate it. We just complicate it. We just make it more difficult than it ever needed to be. So the third thing we can say about this, choose life. Choose life today. Look at verse 15 and 16 again. Moses says, see, I've set before you today life and good on one hand, death and evil on the other. So he says, if you obey, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land. Now I want to be clear here. As followers of Jesus, again, we know something they didn't know at the time. We know that we cannot earn God's love. We cannot earn salvation, right? And they knew this too. They knew that God had loved them first. But they were commanded to walk as people who already belong to God, right? So we're not earning God's love. We're not trying to convince God to love us. He already loves us. And so if you've repented of your sin and you've trusted Jesus to be your ultimate source of life, to be your savior, you've trusted and accepted his payment, his ransom for your sin. And you've asked God to forgive you and you've turned to Christ in full faith. That's salvation. And that has nothing to do with any, any kind of effort that you can muster up. That is God's grace on you through the work of Jesus Christ and your faith in Christ. That is salvation. But once that has happened, once you belong to the Lord, then then it's our duty to make the right choice on a daily basis to follow him, to seek him. And so that's what we're saying here. The word, if since the word, right, since God is present with us in Christ, there is no excuse for us to not obey. So we must choose daily to obey, realizing the life that comes. Matt Fuller I've quoted him a couple of times. He wrote an excellent uh, commentary on Deuteronomy. He says this. He says, Deuteronomy 30 is crucial for understanding the whole message of the book as a whole. This chapter here that we're looking at today. He says it's crucial for understanding the whole book of Deuteronomy because one of the key themes in Deuteronomy is that God's people, he says, must choose today. Like right now. Now is the time. 
Choose today to follow the Lord. Choose today to love him. He says the word today in this context is used 58 times in the book of Deuteronomy. 58 times in this book in regards to the decision that we must make today. So the decision, the decision to follow Jesus today as God's people in the 21st century, the decision for us today is urgent. It's necessary. You, no one can choose for you. You must choose today if you are going to walk in obedience to Christ. If you're going to walk with Jesus and obey his word. So I want to say something to a couple of of, of you. All right. If you're still fairly young, now I'll let you decide what the cutoff is, okay? (laughs) If you still feel fairly young, all right, in age, and and you you think you can delay getting serious about your faith, when this happens, guys, okay, it happens, you know, you may say something in your, in your heart. You may not vocalize this, but this is essentially what you're thinking. Well, I'm still young. One day I'll settle down. One day, you know, I'll take life more seriously. But right now, I'm just going to live for the moment, right? I'm just going to live for the next thrill. I'm just going to live for thrill to thrill, right? Or, or maybe, maybe you're a little more disciplined than that, but you're still really young and you're thinking, you know what, right now I'm just going to work on achieving success, I just want to get, I want to get this education, I want to get that job, work my way up the ladder, I just want to be successful, and I'll, I'll take faith and religion and stuff like that serious later in life, but not right now. I'm just going to have fun, I'm just going to work hard, I'm going to do, achieve these things I desire. And listen, let me tell you, if that's you today, I encourage you to talk to someone maybe a little older than you who tried that. Talk to someone a little older than you who tried that and now has many regrets. Because they'll tell you, it's not worth it. It's not worth the thrill, whatever you think that is. It's not worth all the hard work that essentially left you lonely in the end. It's not worth it. It's not worth the regret and the weight on your conscience that you have to deal with for years to come. It's not worth the time that you're missing with the Lord. It's not worth the spiritual growth that you're missing out on. It's not worth the love of your church family that you could surround yourself with and grow and be discipled. It's not worth it. But maybe, maybe that's not you. Maybe you're here today and you're on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe you're a little older with a lot of those regrets because maybe that was you when you were younger. And so I think the word that you need to hear today is the word that Moses told the people. The word is very near you. It's not far off. It's not far off. The word, Jesus Christ, is not so far off that he cannot be reached. So choose life today. Whatever you did in the past... Listen, whatever you did in the past, choose life today. Maybe you didn't choose life in the past. Maybe you chose a path of destruction. Maybe you carry those regrets with you. But let me say this, in Jesus Christ, you can choose life today. You can be fully forgiven for all that you've ever done. 
There is nothing else in this world that can offer the freedom and the joy of what I just described. Jesus Christ is the only one who can wipe the slate clean because it's him. It's not you anyways. It's the work he did for you. It's his perfect life given to you. His perfect record accredited to your account. Lamentations 3, 23 says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new. When? Every morning. They are new every single day. So whose faithfulness is great? Is it mine? No, it's the Lord's. Great is his faithfulness. Jesus says to you, struggling with the doubt and the regret of years gone by, Jesus says to you who are young now and looking ahead thinking, oh, I've got time. I'll take life serious later. Jesus says to both of you and all of us somewhere in between that it's not too late. You're not too far gone. Choose him today. And so in verses 19 and 20, Moses says it this way. He says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. For he is your life. He is your life and length of days. Now, how could we choose anything else? You know, the choice is obvious. Choose life and choose it today. You know, I want to maybe just throw some practical help out there for you. If you feel like you're, cho- if you, if you feel like you're, you're struggling to, to really choose, you're not making this choice well, right? We'll say it that way. Let, let, let's just say that you're, you're struggling to walk with the Lord. You're really struggling in your spiritual walk with Christ. You know you love Jesus. You've been saved by his grace. You've repented and turned to him. Uh, you've been baptized in his name. So you know you belong to God. There's no question there, but you're really struggling spiritually to find growth. You're struggling to really mature uh, as a disciple of Christ. If that's you today, listen, uh, I want to throw some just practical choices at you that you should make, all right? So here's one, choose reminders. Uh, here's what I mean by that. Earlier on in Deuteronomy, Moses instructed the Israelites to to choose to remind themselves about spiritual truth, about God's truth. So in other words, you know, so they actually literally would hang things up and, and read them. So whatever you need to do to remind yourself frequently and often about God's truth, do it. Right. I've said this before, but, you know, if you need to tape a Bible verse on an index card on your bathroom mirror. Right. Do that, okay? If you need to tape a Bible verse on an index card, you know, on your steering wheel, I don't know if I, I, don't know if I should tell you to do that, but if you can do that and still drive safely, do that, okay? Or wherever you go, whatever you do frequently. Maybe it's the refrigerator door, I don't know, right? This time of year, the pantry, whatever. But just put up some scripture somewhere where you can read it, you can meditate on it, you can memorize it. And then when you're in those moments of temptation or you're in those moments where you're really struggling, you know what's there? Boom, in your mind, in your heart, God's word. It's already there. It's already there. So choose reminders. Figure that out some way, practical in your life. Just do it, right? What about this? Choose godly friends. Choose godly friends to do life with, to encourage you, to hold you accountable. How many Christian friends do you have? I mean, the church, 
is, I mean, this is kind of a no-brainer, right? This should be the place where you're finding Christian friends. It doesn't matter how old you are, right? We organize our community groups here by decade, by age, right, for that very purpose, so that you can connect with people in similar life stages as you and make Christian friends. We all need that. Like, no one's above that. No one is so holy or cool that they can't have Christian friends, right? We need this. We need each other to support one another, to love one another, to bear each other's burdens, to cry with one another, to laugh with one another. We need that. Are you choosing godly influences in your life? What about this? Choose a Bible translation that you can understand. Choose resources that you can understand. There's so many great Christian authors out there who have written wonderful devotionals, commentaries, books about different kinds of topics in life. We love, at this church, we love to resource people. We love to uh, talk about that with you. So you can find me, you can find one of our staff after the service or whenever and email us. We can, we can re- recommend resources to you all day long. But choose, right? Choose to do that. Choose to immerse yourself in God's word and his truth and helpful resources. What about this? Choose to be discipled. Choose to be discipled. In other words, what that means is choose to let someone come into your life, not just, not just a friend or an acquaintance, but choose a mentor of some kind or someone to come into your life and to help you, right? It could be a counselor. It could be a mentor. It could be a Christian friend here at this church who's the same age as you, but maybe they've gone through a certain set of circumstances that you're just now getting into or you haven't gone through yet, right? It could be anything. It could be anything. But choose to be discipled here at this church. Choose to commit fully to this church. If, you, if you're a member here at Kernan, choose to just be here to support, to love, to serve, to give yourself to others as Christ gave himself to us. You see, these are all these practical things we can do. The first point that we made today is that it's possible. The second point we made is that it's, we make it complicated, right? So don't make it complicated. Just choose. Choose these reminders. Choose godly friends. Choose the Bible. Choose these resources. Choose to be discipled. Choose to commit to the church. Choose these things so that we do not continue to complicate it for ourselves. You know, Moses said something that we know, that we know now is far greater and truer than he even knew then. He said in verse 20, look again what he said. He said, for he is your life. For he is your life, speaking of the Lord. You know, Colossians 3 tells us the same thing. Jesus is our life. Look at Colossians 3, 3 and 4. Paul says, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Again, that's what baptism symbolizes, right? The old you's dead. When you put your faith in Jesus, right, The old you is as good as dead. So the new you is now in Christ. It's based on everything he's done for you. So Jesus is our life. He says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him. You also will appear with him in glory. And because Jesus rose from the grave and is alive today, our future life with him is secure forever. Do you see it? God God came down to dwell. God came down to dwell with us so that we can dwell with him forever. And so I want to end our series. We've been looking, if you've noticed, very near the beginning of the Bible, right? 
Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Those are the third, fourth, and fifth books of the Bible. So this whole time, since September, we've been in the very early stages of the whole story of God. Looking at how He came down to dwell amongst the Israelites in that special, unique way. But you know where all this is headed? Because Christ has given Himself for us, because He came to dwell with us, He has prepared for us to dwell with Him forever. And so how are we going to end a series in the Old Testament? We're going to end it by reading a passage. Well, it's not even happened yet. Look at this, Revelation 21. The Apostle John John was able to see a little glimpse into the future that Jesus allowed him to see. And here's what he recorded. He said, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. You see, his mercies are new for you every morning. Jesus had a choice, and he chose death. He chose your death, the death that you and I should have died. He chose that so that we could choose life in him. It was the only way for sinful humanity to be reconciled with a perfect holy God. And that's exactly what he did for you. So the only proper response, the only proper response to a God who has given his life for you only proper response to our God who has prepared a place where no suffering will be, where no crying, no mourning, no pain will ever be. The only proper response is to choose today to love him, to choose today to serve him, to choose today, not tomorrow, not next year, not in 10 years from now when you're a little bit older, but choose now, choose today to love the one who chose you and loves you so much, so much. Choose life. Choose Jesus. Choose him today.